0: Well, today we have an exciting guest speaker, so um, <laughs> he probably needs no introduction, but Bill Reddy has been with a, a student of Bontes and a member of this community, the the temple community, since the beginning, right? You're one of those old, old-timers, old he calls on them, and Bill has... Yeah, <laughs> Bill has done so many things to help Bhante Sujata to help the temple. He's a wonderful artist, so he paints murals and wall things. He painted our clouds from a photograph, a little photograph, right that Bande had given you. He said, "Do it just like this." <laughs> and uh, and he's gone to Sri Lanka and helped help uh, paint murals on uh, the the retreat center there I'm not going to try to pronounce it I always mispronounce it but he's in addition to that Bill is just a, a wonderful person he, de- he devotes himself to helping other people and to being he's a really great practitioner and I know he has a strong practice so he's going to give a talk today
1: can you hear me now oh yeah all right Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh my gosh! Thanks, Bik- uh, Bikini, But uh, man, that's kind of what I live up to here. So, um, thank you for asking me to do the talk today. Uh, Bikini asked me about uh, I don't know maybe a month ago or so, and um, of course I'm always honored, but uh, uh, always apprehensive too. I mean, these are always hard. I don't ever consider these to be uh, an easy thing to do, and. Um, I always give so much credit to the monks and the nuns when they have to give a Dharma talk. Me, it's like so few, far between maybe I don't have to prepare, prepare again for another year, but then it's like in a couple more days I've got to give another one. So, um, yeah, so thank you. And, and, you know, the one thing I have to say uh, when we listen to the monks and the, the nuns, I mean, everything is so much from the heart. And, you know, I've done a few of these, and uh, I've always hoped that... Um, you know, as I've gone along, and the, the more I've given, that uh, you know, mine come a little more from the heart, but uh, you know, a little less from my ego. So, so, I do have kind of a big ego. So, um, so uh, last November I turned sixty-five. I went, not a big deal to me now. I don't think that much about it now. But you know, at the time, it really was, and maybe it's not that big deal to anyone else, but you know it's kind of like one of those milestones you know you reach i guess if you're fortunate you reach it so uh so i went into the um social security office to uh apply for medicare which is in and of itself was a real weird kind of a feeling to do that so um you know and as i was sitting there you know i wasn't thinking oh boy now i get the senior discount at dunkin donuts <laughs> that wasn't it now it was more kind of like this this uh, logical line of thinking where, um, you know, I was sitting there thinking, wow, I mean, I'm in the Medicare office, and I mean, the Medicare building, and um, I mean, except for a few no- notable um, exceptions, you know, they only give Medicare to senior citizens. So holy cow, I mean, I'm a senior citizen. It's crazy. That was like a real weird thing to me. But you know, it's, it's a fact, I, um, you know, I'm 65, I'm a senior now, and um, the thing is, is I think in my life I don't think I've really dealt that well with facts, um, I like living more in delusion, it's <laughs> much, much easier I think, you know, it's, uh, uh, I don't think I'm quite as delusional as I used to be, or either that or I'm just a little more aware of it now that I, I still am pretty delusional, so. But it just seemed to be easier for me to, uh, you know, live more like in dreams and hopes and, you know, fears and, you know, things like that, not really even um, thinking about uh, the present moment and not really being able to just live right then. I mean, it's nice to have some of these, uh, the hopes and the dreams coming up, but, uh, you know, to be able to, to, to not be able to, Live in the moment. It seems um, kind of a travesty for us, you know. I mean, life goes so quickly. But I guess um, if you think about it, really, the only true fact is the present moment. And so I guess a lot of us are delusional. (laughs) Some of us more so than others, because so many of us seem to have such a hard time living in the uh, in the moment itself. So, you know, I noticed one thing about aging, and as people get older, and I'm sure you've all noticed it too, is, uh, you know, people tend to let go of things. And, you know, they tend to give up, give up a lot of the things they've collected throughout their lives. And, um, and there's something about that. I mean, it, it, for one, maybe it's practical, but on the other hand, maybe it's um, uh, maybe cathartic, I guess, cathartic, so kind of releasing um, releasing of things. It's an act of tidal release because it's actually, I think it's easier to release, um, let go of like material objects and things like that than it really is of our, our preconceptions of life and our ideas of what life is and all these uh, things that we've built up over the years. So... Um, I wanted to share something about uh, letting go. And uh, that was some years ago when I, I was taking some uh, classes for uh, volunteer, for hospice, hospice volunteer. So on the second day when we went in for training, uh, we went into this room, and it was uh, set up with a, a circle with a bunch of chairs around that all of us that were taking the training. And in the middle, we had like a little table. And on the table were there a bunch of boxes of Kleenex. You know, and right away I'm thinking, oh no. What's this, gonna, what the heck is this going to be like? You know, and actually it reminded me of my old days of, uh, old years of group therapy. So, um, but as it was, we went through a lot of visualization of like the act of actual dying. And it was like almost like a hypnosis and everything too. So we did that. And then, after that, we went through a exercise where we i guess they called it the letting go exercise," so you wrote down on slips of paper i I don't remember from one to ten or whatever you know things that you you really hold valuable to yourself and so, as we went around the room, we passed the ball around the room, and each time we would let go, we put a slip of paper in there, which was one of our less meaningful things, you know, the things we could let go of um, the easiest. And so, when we went around the room, and you think of like giving up your material objects and then actually letting go of people you know and you've loved and family members and all this, and then when you finally get down to the very end, it's like, holy cow, I mean, I have to let go of myself. It's like I have to I have to um, say goodbye to myself, which was, and, then, and that was the part that was just, I mean, very, uh, I mean, since we kind of were, uh, yeah, yeah, but I just noticed that that's why there was a lot of Kleenexes and everything that was in the room. They worked. They came in handy. I tried not to cry at all, but, you know, didn't totally work. So, um, you know i want to go back to talking about uh, you know living in the moment and you know what is it about that you know what is it about that that's so difficult for us and um and you know i've wondered this i've asked myself these questions you know you know for years it's i mean is it uh, that it's not as exciting as our fantasies and our uh, uh the things we think about that can happen to us or our great memories in the, of the past and all that, is that, is that it or is it uh, fear? Is it, is it that we're afraid of um, if we don't hold on to these things and we don't see these things, are we afraid that our life can be seen as like totally meaningless? Or is it the fact that the, the longer we go on into this, into the, our practice and everything, that we really can't go back, we can't truly go back to that comfortable level that we lived at before? And I think that's kind of, I, I, you think that's kind of hard when you think about it because uh, you know that you've chosen a path to move forward and you know that there's no real way of going back to that. So um, I wanted to share this little <laughs> this little story, of, I guess it's a memory of mine, um, and I thought of it when I was coming up with this uh, talk. I was uh, 18 years old, and I was going to school and we were, it was in an anthropology class, it was actually after an anthropology class. and there was a, a small group of us standing around and we were just talking about, it must have been at the end of the semester or the end of uh, finals week or whatever, and we were talking about our tests and you know, how important our tests were and how we wanted to do so well, and oh my gosh, I've got this paper due and all this. So during this conversation, you know, one of our friends just looks up and he says, and I have to tell you exactly how he said it because it would take away from it if he didn't. Yeah, It's all bullshit, anyways. <laughs> and you know, when you're at that age, 18, I thought that was so funny. You know, I thought, wow, that's it. I mean, he's really got it. You know, he really knows it. <laughs> so, but you know, the funny thing is for, uh, say I'm 65, that was like 47 years ago. I, that, that, that. Line has come up to me in my life so many times <laughs> you know and and i don't mean it to be just in a funny way, but I mean it like in the sense that when my life was I felt like life was totally meaningless for me. I was very cynical and all of that it it made perfect sense it's like, yeah, he was right, it really all is it truly is, but Also, you could see it as when life isn't going so badly, that eh, you know, it's not worth sweating the small stuff, it's really not that important, anyways, you know, in the scheme of things. But you know, in my practice I think I've gone beyond that. I've added to that. And to that I add, and yet it isn't. You know, and it's kind of like how do you take that, that balance of of living on one hand Everything we do and things we do at sometimes, it just seems like it's totally meaningless. It absolutely has no meaning at all to us. But on the other hand, everything we think, do is absolutely important. It's so incredibly important for us. So it's kind of like living in that balance. And it's like that energy of living there because you know that, I mean, you can look at it one way or the other, I guess. But you know, and I was thinking of this, this thing when I was a kid. You know, uh, my mom would always say, uh, make your bed. And I would say, you know, why? It's always going to get messed up anyways. You know, it was always that logic. But, you know, you have that logic of thinking, of thinking one way, and you can't see beyond that. So I think to be able to sit in that middle and to be able to see things like that and live with a a real purpose, I I mean, that's... that's an incredible thing to be able to do. And it's like our, our Buddhist path here, where we talk about the middle way. And uh, where we sit on one hand, we don't suppress. And on the other hand, we don't act out. And we're sitting somewhere right in the middle, holding on to this energy. And at times, it's so uncomfortable. You know, it's that energy pulls up, especially if it's anger or something, you know. It's just so hard to just sit with that and and not act on it or not just try to totally suppress it and push it down, which takes a lot of energy anyways. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's that's really something, that part of it. So I also wanted to share one... one uh, Thing to kind of wrap this up or kind of put it together. I don't know if I am putting it together, but um, this is the, the thought that, you know, through all my, my time here I've spent, and uh, you know I've been here a long time in my practice, and I was thinking, uh, you know, one of the hardest things I've, I've, I've dealt with in here is uh, one of the hindrances, which is doubt. And, you know, earlier on in my practice, it was doubt of, you know, the teachings and doubt of the practice itself and, you know, what's it really going to do for me. But more along the lines of, uh, as I went along, it was more along the lines of uh, doubt of my own, you know, capacity. If I, can I see these teachings, you know, really deeply, can I see them deeper than I am right now. Can I, can I go deeper into them? You know, and sometimes I have to really look back in my past and just to kind of get a feel for where I was about years ago, because I can, you know, I think we can. I think we can kind of look at, like, I guess the word mental landscape or psychologically where we are at, say, five years ago, ten years ago. You can kind of get a feel for what we are doing, how we are feeling at the time. And so with that, I I would have to say, yeah, you know, I really, I I have had the capacity. I do have the capacity to get to where from there to here. And so obviously I have the capacity to be able to see things a lot deeper than I really think I can. And, you know, the hard thing about all that is that there seems to be this constant shifting, and I'm just you know, thinking of like how I see it in myself, just a little shift, and then like maybe a little deeper. Maybe you go a little deeper, because deeper seems to be the only word I can come up with. And But it's a constant, it seems like. It seems like a never-ending, just like it never really ends. I mean, I don't know what nirvana is or you know, that, but it just seems that as far as seeing things deeply, I just, it just seems to be like no ending to it. And, and, you know, try to, try to tell this to somebody. I mean, you really can't. You really can't describe how that little shift happens in you and what you see in it because it's so subtle and it's – and I don't really even know what it is myself at times. So um, the thing that's great about that, though, is that we have a place like this to come to. You know, I mean, where else in your life can you really just kind of experience this? And if you told someone in here, people would pretty much get, you know, what you're talking about. Yeah, I have this little shifting and I'm going deeper in my practice and, you know, uh, and that's the beauty of having a sangha, because, you know, as much as I've, I've thought in the past, I've, when I've come here, I've thought that, you know, I can practice on my own. You know, it's, it's okay. I can practice on my own. I can do well on my own, too. But, you know, that's missing something. That really is. It's um, to have actually a group of people that really kind of get, you know, kind of get what you're going through. I mean, maybe not in your life, but basically on a spiritual path. Everyone kind of gets where we're, we're at. And uh, that's why we're so fortunate to have sangha to come to. And that's about it for me. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much.